0: Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply.
1: Before we get started with this episode of Bench with Bubba, I wanted to talk to you about RotoBaller.com. Win big in 2022 with RotoBaller.com's MLB and DFS Premium Pass, which includes 15 exclusive lineup tools, daily DFS cheat sheets, and our new Team Sync platform. Use RotoBaller's exclusive hitter projections, pitching planners, DFS value plays, research stations, lineup optimizer, and more to help you win big. welcome back everybody to another episode of Bub in the bloom episode 12 We're going to talk about the starting pitching wasteland that we've all been just debating for weeks now and ryan made a great bloom board to break that down got some recent news the game that he whipped my butt out last week and much much more you can find me on twitter at BD intric and my co-host as always on the twitter at ryan bhq ryan bloomfield how we doing man
2: yeah, I was a little disappointed last week in in the split with you tying with our hitters and pitchers in our our week, weekend matchup game. But I, I rightfully uh, you took care of business. I rightfully took care of business this week, and I'm I'm doing pretty good. Um, yeah, theme of the show this week is is kind of deep league starting pitchers. Terrible week for most of my teams on the pitching front, and I think everybody. Um, I just got a tweet from someone as as we just watched Joe Musgrove give up uh, five runs in an inning, which he gave up five runs in his previous uh, six starts combined. Um, just got a tweet from Charles Lynch saying, rough week for pitching, Giolito, McKenzie, Carrasco, Musgrove. I've got Carrasco as well so like they're starting to drop like flies they're starting to get hit up pretty hard and so um we need to do try and do something about it so, Man, so we'll talk about it
1: it'll be fun because yeah it's been like if he just people listening to our games trying to pick a pitcher has been difficult in, in weeks past so it just kind of shows how rough it is out there um you mentioned Carrasco I didn't even put him on the outline because he's technically not on the IL yet but he left his last start injured it was either injured or it's just like, Hey, you're pitching bad. Let's get out of here type situation. Hopefully the uh, latter, but because yeah. he was
2: not pitching well. And it was, yeah. he was,
1: he was about toast anyway, but yeah. But yeah. Uh, Michael Simeone was watching the game. He's a Mets fan, SP streamer. And he, he was basically saying, it was like, Hey, he was done. Like they were, they were just getting him out of there, but you never know. We'll see. He's a, has a history of injuries, unfortunately. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. But um, let's talk a few injuries as we always do, but not nearly as many as usual. And some of these are just kind of piggybacking on stuff we discussed before but danny mendick officially out with a torn acl he went to the il last week and we talked about johnny vr getting that playing time well now he's done for the season which means it is officially johnny vr season the rest of the way so anything else to add on to what we talked about before i just kind of want to let people know that it's a should be locked in stone now for johnny
2: yeah and i think with mendick like it's weird they kind of put him on the um 10 day IL for a torn ACL. I was like, well, oh, I think that's probably a little optimistic. I think, think he's gone. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a, it's a, it's actually a pretty, pretty big fall for Mendick, who was playing every day with Tim Anderson out, and uh, now he is on the IL. Now, I think if anything, like your, your Jake Berger, who's actually hitting for power this year. Uh, I don't, I don't. He's hitting 260 uh giving some batting average with that power. I don't think the two sixty is legit, but uh Jake Berger's gonna get every everyday playing time at the hot corner. And if if you need power, um he's a great option. He's someone who I remember when he when Berger was still uh coming coming up the first time we both kind of poo pooed him, but he's proven us wrong so far. So I Jake a Berger a shares bit. now
1: I've turned my tone my 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 tone on that one. Yep. Yep.
2: And I mean, yeah, the power, the power looks amazing. Like the hard hit stuff, all the stack has stuff looks great. Um, it was like, initially Berger was just going to be a part-time fill in. And now he's the guy at third base. And then I guess like Josh Harrison is just going to continue to uh, him and Lurie Garcia are going to continue on Garcia play today. Cause Robert, Louis Robert was out for one game, but like they're just going to kind of continue to flail away together. Uh, Josh Harrison has, One homer, one steal, and is hitting 217. So that's a big fat L for me as a preseason uh, guy that I was targeting. But uh, still playing every day at second base for the White Sox, and that's definitely not going to change with Mendick out and then Berger sliding over to third.
1: Yeah, I want to say something. I was an idiot, not Johnny VR, because that is the Cubs. I was thinking of Nick Madrigal for a minute there. Um, So, yes, definitely the White Sox, but also on the Josh Harrison front first. He hit that home run finally this week, so maybe there's a sign of life until... Thursday night, he left the game with a an arm contusion. So he got hit on the arm. Keep keep an eye on that. <laughs> I did hey, not even know that. that. Thank you. Yeah, for yeah that, I, I saw it on the bottom. I, on I, saw it on the, I saw on the bottom. I saw on the bottom line. Like he left the game with an injury, not going to return. like right left arm contusion or something. So yeah, it just gets better in Chicago. They just cannot stay really? healthy. You mentioned G. a second ago. It's just a rough go for those guys right now. Yep. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where that one heads. Manny Margot to the 60-day IL. I mentioned on a recent show that he went to the IL, but all the reports were it's going to be a while. That was what they it, it kept saying when now it's officially going to be a while. 60-day IL. You got, um, you know, Josh Lowe season, maybe? Are we going Brujan? It's got to be Josh Lowe season, right?
2: it's got to be Josh Lowe's season especially cuz like it's not only with i mean T- when we were talking about the white Sox in in shambles with injuries like Tampa Bay got the double whammy with with not only Margot out for a long time but also Kevin Kiermaier uh, finally got injured that that sounds morbid but we were all kind of waiting for that to happen uh, so kind of like a double opening in Tampa's outfield yes Josh Lowe season uh, I guess if you want to call it that, is back. Like it's funny. I wrote an article on HQ this week. We've got a thing in the forecast for called like the ten steps to prospect stardom, and it's basically like this was this was back when a-, a rod. I mean, this is how old this stuff goes back. But it's back when like a rod struggled, got called up, had all the hype, struggled, got demoted, went back up, got demoted again. And then obviously became A-Rod, but it's just kind of that like career path, especially early on when you come to the majors of just those up and downs. And Josh Lowe and Vidal Brujan uh, both made that list for me. So what I did was pair those 10 steps with guys who are currently active and kind of on those 10 steps currently. So like Josh Lowe, like it was funny, right when I was writing the column, they, they announced that he was getting called back up and like, yeah, you get excited, hit 299 in A, six homers, six steals. But I just I, – I cannot get past a 31% strikeout rate in AAA, Bubba. Like, that's that, yep. that's going to – that's just not going to fly in the majors. He's got, like, a 442 BABIP in AAA – 422 BABIP in AAA. Um, so, I, like – I was not in on the Josh Lowe hype the first time. I'm not in again. Doesn't mean anything for his long-term outlook, but those that K rate and AAA just just scares the heck out of me, Um, because K rates tend to go
1: even higher yep. once you make that adjustment to the majors. Yeah, look at Nolan Gorman. Gorman's had his moments, but that strikeout rate has came with him along the way. So, and it came with Josh Low the first time through here. So we'll have to wait and see. Maybe he figured it out. I'll believe it when I see it. Like you said, between the strikeout rate and that Babbitt, which is just insane. There's going to be some regression, folks. I hate to break it to you on that one. So we'll see. The bright side is they, they do play him versus lefties, so he's getting not platooned yet. So that's a positive sign for Tampa Bay. Yep. Yep. So so keep an eye on that as well. But, uh, yeah, just, just kind of t- tame the optimism a bit is what I would try to say. Uh, Tom Murphy to undergo shoulder surgery. He'll be out for a while with Seattle. Just want to bring that to light because Cal Raleigh has been productive, not batting average-wise, but he's been showcasing power. Hit another one in, was yesterday, the day before. He's basically He's been kind of locked into everyday role, but this definitely locks him in with Luis Torrance backing him up. So we've talked about it a lot. That there's always catchers, it feels like, that are available on the waiver wire, from, like and Cal Raleigh still is available in a lot of leagues if you're looking for deeper league options. I, I think he's definitely a guy to keep on your radar.
2: He's definitely someone in like in, definitely in 15 teamers, maybe in 12s where you're kind of streaming that second catcher based on Seattle's matchups for that week. Um, I mean, Raleigh's a career 185 hitter hitting 187 this year, but you're not rostering him for that batting average. It is the power. It's those nine home runs and 140 plate appearances with a 50 percent. Rounding up 49% hard hit rate, a 13% barrel rate, like the power metrics look really good for Cal Rally. And when you're just looking for someone with a pulse and two catcher leagues, that's going to fit the bill. If you can at least stomach some of that batting average um, risk, because there's really no upside in the batting average of 30% K rate. A lot of the projection systems have Cal Raleigh at around 215, so maybe some improvement from 187, but uh, it's all relative. So, um, yeah, in streaming weeks, good matchup, seven games weeks, that sort of thing. He's going to play probably four, maybe five out of those seven with Murphy out. Um, you could do worse in two catcher, 15 teamers, uh, which is kind of the cesspool of catchers.
1: Yep, definitely, and that's why I want to bring him up because – we used to roster Gary Sanchez. He's been better this year, but the batting average is always a crutch there. Um, if it's A similar Seattle catcher at one point in time, Mike Zunino, checked the oh. bill there. So yeah. uh, Cal, Cal Raleigh uh, definitely works. I, I have him in some DCs as like my fourth catcher, so he's been playing a lot for me. And I picked him up in a couple of – even OCs as a, a catcher too where I really needed help. So rolling with power. A trade that surprised me because I get um, – Alerts from a Twitter handle that whenever there's a lineup or a roster move of some sort that it just alerts me on Twitter and all I saw was trade details was the headline I'm like huh who did a trade on June 23rd interesting and then I looked it was the Giants they traded for Willie Calhoun and they traded Steve Duggar. To me, this is like the perfect hey, this guy's not working for us. This guy's not working for us. Change of scenery. Let's see what happens, boys. Like, they're very similar players to me. Like, Calhoun might have the better hit tool, but Duggar was once a kind of highly touted prospect with the Giants as well and just couldn't really get it going in the big. So, this is an interesting move. Like, am I super excited? No, but I could see this working out for at least one of the two players, if not both. I think a change of scenery is really good for both of them.
2: I think for Calhoun, they definitely needs a, the the change of scenery. Like I was saying, talking before about the 10 step path to prospect stardom, Calhoun's on probably step 16, 18, <laughs> 19 of that uh, path. I think there's still something there. Like I do, I do somewhat appeal to authority with the Giants. Like I trust some of the moves that they make. I just, I, I mean, that's a, it's a pretty crowded outfield. And I yeah. don't even think Calhoun's on the 25-man roster right now. So um I could be wrong on that, but I think that's right. And so, like, it's a wait and see for me. Uh, just kind of see what happens. I mean, Calhoun had got another chance with Texas this year. 53 plate appearances hit 136. Triple A wasn't much better, hit 217 and 91 plate appearances. So, like I don't think you're really going out to break the bank on Willie Calhoun. It's a wait and see. If there's kind of a flicker with a new team and a new organization, then I'm
1: interested. But I don't think we need to worry about
2: that, at least for this week.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. We'll see how he does in Sacramento. Uh, Him and Joey Bart can try to figure out how to hit a baseball down there together. Um, Joey Bart was on
2: that 10-step path.
1: Yeah, he's he's on the struggle bus for sure. Um, So we'll see how that one goes. I'm just interested because the Giants are always hurt. And the leads to the next one, Luis Gonzalez, goes to the IL with a back injury, which stinks because they're backs. So we talk about it all the time. And he's been really productive for the Giants. And since he's been out for a couple of days, Austin Slater has started both games, even against non-lefties. He used to be a lefty-only type guy. So Slater's getting the job now, but it's one of those things. It's like one more injury, and all of a sudden, Willie Calhoun might have a chance to play some baseball. So it's uh, it, it's interesting in San Francisco, but Luis Gonzalez, the IL, just wanted to mention that because he's he was getting picked up in deeper leagues.
2: He was hitting 300, Gonzalez was hitting just this last week, six for 20, one homer, two steals, had four bags. The last 31 days, like hitting the top of the order, like I said, like there was a lot going on there. And similar to like Margot, like these injuries just seem to seem to hit at the worst possible
1: time. Yep, no doubt about it. And last but not least, just wanted to mention this, Reed Detmers goes to AAA after getting shellacked again in his last outing. And just goes to show you that, Sometimes no hitters don't prove just who the pitcher is. That's all I'm going to say. Because it's ever since that no no, it's been all downhill for Mr. Reed Detmers.
2: Yeah. And I think I mentioned this on the pod before, but like I didn't want to be too harsh on Detmers, but like, yeah, the no hitter, but it was like two strikeouts. It was one of the worst no hitters that I have uh, witnessed. And so not totally surprised um, that Detmers is down. I don't know what the Angels are going to do with a four-man rotation, maybe they can just pitch Otani twice in that five-man what rotation. That was um, my goodness. That, that Wednesday night, Tuesday night game, and then with the eight RBIs and Wednesday night game, I watched most of that Wednesday night game last night. Uh, I know this drops on Friday, but Wednesday night, and it was just – he came back out for the eighth inning, um, struck out the last hitter he faced for 13 Ks. It was – um it was glorious. And I was going back and forth with Scott said a little bit on Twitter during a game. It's just like appreciate, appreciate what you have. Uh while while we have him, uh while he's healthy, while he's doing this on both sides. It's pretty wild what Atani's doing. Not Reed Detmers, but Otani.
1: Yeah, it's it, it's been amazing what Atani's doing. But yeah, with Detmer struggles, Cinder Guard has not looked great. The um the angels are getting in some trouble, as you mentioned. So we'll have to kind of wait and see how that goes Matchups, the weekend matchups, I should say. And we have our game we play, and we don't have to talk about that, but we can. Yeah, we um, we gotta, I'm just kidding. We got to update, we know, update. update I'll, the listeners. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the floor since you wiped me up with it.
2: Wiped you up with it. I had, uh, so Ezekiel Duran was your pick from the hitter side, which made sense, uh, which honestly made sense. Just had a rough, rough weekend, did not play on Saturday. Um, I'll get to why that is here yes. in just a little bit foreshadowing with my own pick half of these picks now might just be trolling each other from week to week
1: <laughs>
2: uh, so we'll see but but yes zico duran did not play saturday had two runs plus rbi plus hits which is what we're tallying all week um i had caesar hernandez who actually didn't really play that well either but he had four games for the nationals again we preach all the time volume is is king um quick shout out to steve weimer who, yes, who joined joyful. us at, at baseball hq yeah put out an article on the value of volume which it's easy to say and, and i mean we say it on the podcast it's easy to say volume is important uh steve actually went in and did correlations of at-bats and innings pitch to other roto categories it was a really good read um and anyone who's an hq subscriber definitely check that out if you need the link hit me up um but anyway a little bit of sidetrack there. I picked Caesar Hernandez with his four games. He got five runs plus RBI plus hits compared to Ezekiel Durant's too. So I took you on the hitting side. Pitcher side like was just bizarre, man. Bizarre because uh, we yes. were both talking about Nick Martinez as a really good pick if he could go five innings. Nick Martinez was your pick. He went five innings, yep. but he got one strikeout. Just How like I
1: have no idea. Yeah, one strikeout.
2: Uh, just. And then came back actually earlier this week and got like a three inning save with three or four strikeouts. Of course. I don't know if of you course. saw that. <laughs> but,
1: Full troll. Full troll mode.
2: But but yeah, it does not count for our contest. We're weekend no. only. So Nick Martinez only had the one strikeout. I had Mitch Keller with four Ks. Uh, Keller started looking pretty rough at the beginning. Gave up a couple runs in the first inning, I think to the giants and then uh, kind of settled down a little bit, got four K's, nothing special, but not too bad of a stream. Uh, And again, just if new listeners, whatever, we're, we're, we're picking players for the weekend who are 50% rostered or less in 12 team NFBC. So um, on the year, I've got 10 total strikeouts over the two weeks, you've got five and we're tied on the hitter side, nine apiece with runs, ribbies
1: and hits. So. And you 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 have a three to one lead on me, technically. So this is uh already digging a hole, already digging a hole here. This ought to be fun. It'll be a fun week to come with. And I won't explain my Duran things. I'm going to leave that one for you in a minute because it does correlate perfectly with your pick. And I was full tilted on it. I even tweeted out about it this week. I just don't understand the Texas Rangers at all. But before we get into our picks, let's talk about the weekend schedule and kind of what stands out as possibilities and like we use the baseball hq weekly probable batter's chart which helps like uh, showcase some really good hitting matchups to target obviously Uh, we like to use i like to use the rotowire you know pitching grid that's always a fun one to see matchups and whatnot and the schedule just in a big screen type situation so what stands out to you out the gate? Because um, there's no team that's got more than three games. It's it's an even schedule for once on a weekend. So what? And there's no Colorado. I don't believe there's Cincinnati. So uh, what stands out to you this weekend?
2: No no four game weekends or anything like that. Um, easiest matchup on the weekend according to HQ's tool is Kansas City. They they get Oakland for three games, uh, which. You, Obviously, that's uh, something you want to stream against. And it's not in Oakland. It's in Kansas City, which, I mean, isn't the greatest pitcher park. But they're, you're getting three games of, of Cole Irvin, um, James Caprillion. And I even need to look up this guy's first name, Jared Kennig, who I <laughs> at least first thought was Keurig. We'll get into more. Um, food and drink related uh, miss pronunciations of players probably later in the pod but that's a threesome that you want to stream against another really good matchup we were just talking about the white Sox and 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 burger and again josh harrison maybe that homer this week like lifts him up a little bit they get three games against uh against baltimore so that's always a really good matchup baltimore's throwing out uh voth kyle bradish and jordan lyles like that's that's that streamers heaven there so yeah. uh texas and st louis are also two pretty good matchups yeah. texas gets washington for three which is pretty sweet you're always trying to stream against washington they're throwing out paulo espino josiah gray and uh the frenchman or the canadian frenchman titro uh that's 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 what you want to stream against so those those are the big ones at least that came out to me that were um that were good matchups and probably have players available on uh
1: kind of mid league, uh, mid-depth leagues. Yeah, you mentioned St. Louis. Like I, I look to target the Cubs almost anytime I can right now. You got Hendricks who's struggling this weekend, you got Mills, and you got Swarmer who just pitches home run derby out there. Um, like literally 543 ERA for Hendricks, 859 for Mills, 5'84 for Swarmer. That's who you're facing this week. Given it's in St. Louis, a, usually a, a pitcher's ballpark, but Lots to like there. The big guys are, are, are not able to be picked up in leagues, but guys like Dylan Carlson could be available for you. Lars Newtbar hit a home run on uh, Thursday with Tyler O'Neill on the IL. Uh, and you got three right-handed pitchers out there, so there might be a few options out there uh, if you're looking on the St. Louis side of things. So I'm 100% on board with you there. When looking at the flip side of that now, when you're looking at some some really bad matchups, Oakland is a bad matchup versus Kansas City because it's Oakland. Detroit versus Arizona kind of stood out to me a little bit just for the fact that um, it's Merrill Kelly, Zach Davies, and Dallas Keuchel might make his first start for Arizona. Oh. I, I know Davies has been better of late, but he got lit up earlier this week. Merrill Kelly is an up-and-down roller coaster, and then I don't have to say much else for Dallas Keuchel. Oh. But uh, Baltimore against the White Sox, and Boston even against Cleveland rates out pretty roughly, which uh, Boston won surprised me as well because you got – Um, Quantrill the Biebs is there of course And then Savali who's like an up and down Pitcher so that could Be one to target as well as as on the Flip side of it so anything stand out to you on The negative side of uh, maybe matchups To avoid with hitters
2: yeah no it's Funny you mentioned Cleveland like because I I, Kind of get over this bias like before The season everyone kind of Kind of crapped on Cleveland for not spending And like stream against him it's gonna be a lost season They have been a fun team to watch They have been on fire lately and uh, Bieber, actually, for all of the talk, myself included, of early season velocity drops and this demise, uh, Shane Bieber has been one of the best pitchers in baseball over the last month. So um, that's a really, that's a good call. Uh, that's a kind of a tough matchup for Boston. Great series. That'll be, that'll be interesting. Um, Pittsburgh, the Pirates get our worst matchup rating by far. They get three at Tampa Bay, Jeffrey Springs, Corey Kluber and Shane McClanahan, like I that's maybe Kluber's a little soft, but that's one of the that's one of the toughest matchups. Yeah, real,
1: real quick, I hate to, break, to 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 cut you off here, but um, speaking of that tough matchup, I do the Friday week uh, daily matchups article and looking at the pitching chart, Jeffrey Springs is the highest rated pitcher on Friday, so it correlates perfectly with what you're saying right mm-hmm. here. But the floor is back to you.
2: No, that uh, that makes total sense. I mean, that's how these ratings are. Are created. They're they're basically the starting pitcher based rankings, and they're flipped um, on the hitter side. So that's where we get these these scores from. Um, best series of the weekend is Houston at the Yankees uh, yes. four game series that started Thursday night. With, was a
1: banger out with, the gate.
2: Yes, absolutely. With Aaron Hicks going deep off of Presley, three bomb, run homer bomb. It was oh, it was demolished. And then uh, <laughs> and then Aaron Judge the night before his arbitration hearing with the Yankees. Walks it off with a single, uh, and so they get three more games this weekend. Like that, that that's something I'm going to be watching. Um, really good pitching, and I mean on both of those sides. So like you're not, I mean you're not sitting your 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 good Yankee or Houston hitters. Like Jordan Alvarez will probably hit a couple of dongs no matter who he's, he's who unconscious he's right
1: now, man. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's actually insane.
2: like yeah, and there was I there was uh, I forget who who sent it out, but there was some chatter on like, would you take Jordan Alvarez like top 10?
1: I know Scott, uh, I know. Scott Jenstead said, if, if, if we had a healthy Jordan Alvarez, he's a top yeah. 10 player, regardless of the steals. And it's a good conversation. Yeah. Like I because yeah. I, I remember in the preseason, people said, why take Vlad in the first round and get Jordan in the third or something. And I was just always worried about the knees. I was. And it's like almost it's, it's, he's proven us wrong now, but I, I'm still worried about it. He's a big dude. Like, he's a big dude where problems can happen. But you, you mentioned Judge, and um, I had the game on when I was doing stuff, and it went to MLB uh, Tonight or whatever they call it there on uh, MLB Network, and they did the thing that everybody loves so much, the um, on-pace stats. And um, they showed his on-pace for the season stats. It was hitting three-something, but 63 home runs, like 134 RBIs, and 124 runs scored. It is insane what he's doing right now in a free agent. Because that's what they're saying: is Is this the best mm-hmm. heading into a free agent season by anybody like ever? Like, hey, you don't want to pay me? Fine, there you go. It's uh, it, it's pretty impressive, pretty impressive yeah. and, stuff. And the fantastic. arbitration
2: is between like seventeen and twenty-one million. Like, pay, if, if you're man. the Yankees, just just pay him twenty-one. Yeah. I mean, if anything, it helps this offseason he might bolt anyway he's worth a heck of a lot more than either of those two numbers but um but yeah just thought it was like really really funny that that he would walk it off the night before his arbitration hearing in the season where he is going to get paid this offseason but uh but yeah really really good series like Houston's throwing out so like going back to like so I actually have Aaron Hicks um, In my utility, in my main. I'm not sure I'm going to start him this weekend just because it's Verlander, it's Christian Javier, and it's Jose Arquiti. And then the Yankees are countering with Severino, you know, Garrett Cole, and Nestor Cortez. Like, Ooh, there are some really good popcorn pitchers. ready. I know. Like, that um, is I mean, LCS
1: stuff right there.
2: Even though it's a Yankee stadium, like, whew,
1: that's it's a little uh, league park, but it's, really it's going to be impressive. It's yeah. going to be impressive. Uh, the other series I wanted to highlight before we get into our picks Atlanta's hosting the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Atlanta's one of the hottest teams in baseball. Dodgers, the Dodgers, like very good. You got Ian Anderson versus Julio Arias, night one. Both pitchers have been hot and cold. But then you got Andrew Heaney, it was really good in his return, going up against Max Freed, so two lefties dealing. And then you get Spencer Strider trying to bounce back versus the NL Cy Young, one of the favorites. Obviously Alcantara is there, and Tony Gonsolin. So that's a fun three-game series as well in Atlanta, where the ball's been flying of late. And um, it'll be interesting to see where that one plays out as well. So you got you got potentially an ALCS and an NLCS showdown this weekend. That's on a great baseball. call. That, yes, yeah, that's
2: a great call. That's, that's about as
1: good as it gets for June. Yeah, for June and the, the pitchers lineup, it's pretty juicy. So I'm not saying you have to sit around all weekend. You know, you got golf to watch and stuff too if you want. But if you're sitting around, this is a good weekend to watch some baseball for sure. Absolutely. All right, let's get into our picks. This is where I make my comeback. I know it's only the third week, so I got plenty of time, as they say. But I can't dig a bigger hole, Ryan. So, since you won, you get the floor. Who is your hitter this week, and explain to everybody why he's such a great pick?
2: Um, yeah, just just a great pick because he's the opposite of of, <laughs> of your bad pick last week. So, I'm going I'm going Josh Smith, who has played, and I I had no idea he would he would do this. I thought Duran was locked in. At yeah, third so base in Texas. So did I. That's I why think. I picked him. I mean, that's why you picked him <laughs> last week. And I mean, he's still playing, like, the Rams playing. He played four out of the last six games at third. Uh, but Josh Smith has been back just for two days. And Smith played third base on Tuesday, played um, left field on Wednesday. Um, but as a lefty, we just talked about the matchups. Like, I really like Texas's matchup against three righties in washington so like i think josh smith is going to play i mean he's kind of a platoon bet but he's all right handers so i think he's going to get all three games and i think he's going to mash against uh against a pretty weak washington trio and just cement man cement that that playing time at the hot corner
1: yeah it's uh it's a great pick ryan great pick uh, nice. I, I hope it works out for you um I was torn on this pick. I was kind of going different places, but I'm thinking runs, RBIs, and hits. So give me Jaron Duran, and I know it goes against HQ's pick of Boston facing Cleveland this weekend. But he faces Quantrill, who's a pitch to contact. Bieber's great. Don't get. I'm not going to fight that. But Savali, he's got. He, he, you get two different guys. He's a Jekyll and a Hyde pitcher. And the reason, I like Duran, is he's hit safely in all but two games since he's been called up. He's uh, scored a run in all but two games or three games since he's been called up. So he gets on, he scores runs, doesn't drive in many. That's the only downside to him, but super productive in that uh, Boston lineup. He's going to keep playing right now, which is great to see. They're playing them lefties. He's not getting platoon. He's leading off every game. So those extra at-bats, kind of like what we talked about earlier with Weimer, you can pick extra games. You can pick guys with favorable spots in the batting order, at-bats, at-bats, at-bats. And that's what Jaron Duran's going to do, and that's kind of what sold me on getting him because even against good pitchers, Boston, like, Duran should probably get five at-bats most games. That's just yep. what Boston does. So if I can get 15 Jaron Duran to bats, I'm hoping for three to four hits and like maybe three runs. That's like six to seven points. And I think I have a great chance that that takes place. Maybe I'm being overly optimistic, but uh, I'm going Jaron Duran on this one.
2: It's a great point because, like, I mean, we talked about the four-game stuff last week with, like, Cesar Hernandez, who I think in a couple of those games hit six or seventh. I mean, that's pretty much a wash, Duran hitting leadoff in Boston for three and someone hitting six or seventh in four games um, in a lesser offense. So um, I like it. Like, I like that Duran, he led off against a lefty on Wednesday. So that was one of the questions. And then the other thing, too, just, like, a little bit longer term than this weekend, it sounds like Kike Hernandez, his rehab is going a little bit slower than – they anticipated so like Durant, Jaron Duran is going to keep playing every day in center field and keep leading off like if he's he's still available in your shallower leagues um, on the thought that this was just a temporary thing I don't know how temporary that's going to be so I, I think he's up there for a little bit and he should, be up, he for, do
1: finally. He should be up for a little bit but I want to pour a little cold water on this he will not be going to Toronto because he's not vaccinated for the first three games of next week I so not know that You'll still have to acquire him, but just realize in NFC that's fine. You plug him in for the weekend, you're good. But in weekly leagues, you got to decide: do I sit him, sit him or not? So keep that in mind, because that's what I've heard from multiple people that he's not vaccinated, so he's not traveling to Toronto. So I I do look forward to the day where one of us picks a hitter, and they, oh yeah, for the it'll weekend, happen. and they're
2: going to Toronto.
1: Oh, it'll 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 be me too. It will. I I put money on that right now. It will 100% be me. So I'll have like something else going on. I'm like, oh, crap. I got to fill out the sheet real quick. And then it's like, yeah, yeah, I'll take this dude. Yep, it will happen. Restricted Um, list. Yep, it's going to be great. Let's talk pitchers. And last week was like horrific to pick. This week it wasn't great, but there were at least multiple options. Let's put it that way. So why don't you tell us why you went with one Colorado Rockies pitcher?
2: Yeah, so I went with and I actually I picked him up in my main the first uh, this week for the for the two step and the first of those two starts didn't go so well, but uh, at Miami. But I went with Ryan Feltner, who is on the road, uh, so no, you know, no, no cores to worry about. Feltner has I, I, I really like what I see from Ryan Feltner. The matchup's not like great. I mean, it's at Minnesota. Minnesota can definitely. Can definitely hit but it's really the skills of feltner uh, feltner's got a 24 percent strikeout rate which is fantastic um he's got a 18 or sorry 19 uh strikeout minus walk rate which is also fantastic and that's all under the guise of this 546 era watched his start at miami just because of course you watch your own pitchers, right in the in the, in the main event and Uh, Kind of one of those starts. He was cruising through three innings, three scoreless, gotten the fourth, let someone on base, had a double play that was called back for catcher interference. And then the next hitter went deep three run home run. So and kind of unraveled from there. So kind of like, you know, I'm not making excuses for him or whatever, but like it was one of those things where it just kind of fell apart in one inning for him the stuff looked fantastic like the stuff looked just as good as the underlying numbers are and the splits again um you know you expect your colorado pitchers to to pitch better away from coors and away from colorado even though it's a 503 era he's got a he's got 10 strikeouts per nine he's got two walks per nine like all the skills look great he's got a 361 xfip which is something i look at as an era estimator uh that strips out home run luck and all that stuff so uh Feltner, I think, is going to miss some bats, rack up some K's this weekend at Minnesota. So I'm actually, I'm feeling this is the most confident I've been oh, uh, in any oh. of my picks. So He's more confident, confident than Marquez folks. and more confident than Mitch Keller. So I'm feeling good about this one, which probably means he'll pull a Nick Martinez. But
1: I'm looking forward to Sunday. That's all I know. I'm looking forward to Sunday. Uh, I'm going with Brad Keller. This was a tough one. I debated him and someone else. I'll mention in a minute, but. Going Brad Keller, and the biggest reason I'm going Brad Keller is he's facing the Oakland Athletics. That's a spot to target folks early and often. I don't have to like preach that one. That should be common knowledge by now. But uh target your Oakland Athletics and he gets them on uh Saturday against uh the Keurig machine. So that should be fun. Oh, he it goes isn't... against Keurig, okay. Yeah, he goes against Keurig, So if you're we having wins, I'd feel like better. But what I wanted to bring up here is he has faced Oakland his last start, seven shutouts, six K's. He has four more K's in four and three straight outings, which is big. And he's got this Oakland Ace team that's offense is completely abysmal. So um it, it's it's maybe a lazy analysis, but I like what we're getting. Brad Keller's actually been kind of serviceable, like quality start wise. He's most starts three and run runs or less, and he's uh, getting you four or more K's more often than not, which uh, I like to see with him. Only a fifteen percent K rate, but a lot of that was early in the season, and it's the Oakland Athletics. So, I'm pinpointing him this week, hoping I can get. It seems like so far with our streamers, like if you can get us four strikeouts, you're in the ball game. And um, Keller, on paper, should be able to get four plus against the Oakland Athletics. On paper, should be able to. Which, quickly like,
2: yeah yeah i mean that i mean that sounds about right like with these streamers like the pool so it's 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 a, like you said it's better this week but previous weeks it's been pretty rough like four or five k's is um you know, Old. that's satisfactory
1: the other guy that i almost went with so if anybody needs to just pick someone up and wants to roll there It was Alex Fado of the Detroit Tigers because he's facing the Arizona Diamondbacks, and that's a spot you can pinpoint as well. Fado's been tough the last uh, two starts, or Fido uh, has been really bad the last two starts prior to that was outstanding. But uh, only two Ks his last ever. uh, Even when he was struggled against the White Sox, he struck out five, seven against Pittsburgh, five against Minnesota. So he's got strikeout upside. The D-back strikeout a ton. So that was a guy I was looking at. He has struggled a bunch. So if you are looking to stream someone this week, and I think – I'm not giving up on him yet. He's a young pitcher. He's got some good tools and um, facing a team that you can take apart if you have to, especially with Catel Marte injured and David Peralta has been out. And he's not a world beater, but he's got a good batting average. He's making things happen. So I think he's a guy you can target as well. But I went with Brad Keller instead. All right. Bloom board time. This is what everybody comes for. This is the good stuff. And this was a fun one. I didn't know what Ryan was up to today when he told me to send him uh, a a good – an Excel sheet. But um, now I know. And it's very, very good, of course. And it helps kind of go with the starting picture wasteland that we have discussed. And as usual, he has some key metrics that'll help you maybe pinpoint some good or some bad options on the waiver wire. So Ryan, why don't you give us a little background on tonight's bloom board?
2: Yeah, whip this one up today during some other real life distractions throughout the day, <laughs> but uh, feeling pretty good about this one. So what this is, is We've been talking about, and even during this show, previous pods, whatever. And and if you're playing in 12, 15 team leagues, you have felt this uh, felt this struggle where you're every Sunday sitting at Fab, and the 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 starting pitcher options are just are just really rough. So what I wanted to do is kind of dive into that a little bit more. So we've got a list this week of starting pitchers who are 50 percent, uh, just like our weekend matchups game, 50 percent rostered in or less in 12 teamers okay so uh these are guys that should be available in most 12 teamers and then obviously in your 15s these are guys who um you can pick up to torture ratios or maybe get lucky and uh and pull a uh, who was it last week Rony garcia was one for yeah. me who i streamed last week and felt pretty pretty nervous about it turned out okay but there have been far worse um streams in my my season this year so um so yeah so going back to this board i took uh over the last 31 days because again i i really do feel pitchers can reinvent themselves and a couple of these guys will talk about um there are some velocity or pitch mix changes over this kind of month uh, to look at i looked at two of my go-to metrics for pitching one that we've talked about on the pod before which is strikeout minus walk rate which again is if you've got one metric to look at uh kind of backhand quick um quick look it's it's k minus bb percent and uh your league average for that is uh right around 14 percent. and then i also took uh called plus swinging strike rate which is a pitcher list nick pollock alex fast invented metric that looks at your your good strikes not your foul balls not your balls in play but your called strikes and your swinging strike rate and the average mlb average for the called csw we'll just call it um Is 27.5%. So, what I did is I took any pitcher rostered 50% or lower, and then I anyone who had an above average K minus walk rate, so 14% or higher, or an above average CSW, 27.5% or higher. They made the list because we're again, we're grasping for straws trying to find some pitcher value and uh, came up with like 16, 17 names. And um, I know we, I kind of put this out on Twitter before the show and had a few um, requests for who we wanted to talk about. So we'll just run through some of the names.
1: Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. But first, we're starting with one I want to talk about, and it's um it's Marcus Stroman because I love Marcus Stroman. I was all on him last year, and he was money this year. It's been rough, and I've been so close. I haven't done it yet, but I I think I last week he almost got dropped. He almost got. It's it's like the Jose Barrios thing. It's like, do I drop him because like the metrics look good? Like seventeen point one percent K to walk, thirty point seven percent CSW over the last thirty one days. Even on the season, the five three two ERA has a three four two xFIP. Um, and on the season at 22.7%, like strikeout rate, like he, it's not completely broken, but it's been very frustrating. So what are you seeing when you look at Marcus Stroman, where the, the peripherals look good, but the results just have not been there.
2: I mean, that, that is kind of what I'm seeing. And the last, um, last month, I know it's only been three starts cause he's got some shoulder inflammation. So he looks like he's out until like at, at least one more week. So that kind of clouds the, the outlook, but um, Stroman is someone who I was very high on. Like for me, the the swinging strike rate is something that he had three pitches last year with a 16% swinging strike or, or higher. Um, and that, that is very rare. And Stroman has not been able to carry that over to the season. A lot of that has been kind of bad luck, 60% strain rate, which is, which is really bad when runners are getting on base, they are scoring. And that's, what's driving a wedge between his 532 ERA and Stroman's 384 Expected. Um, and again, at least pre-injury, he was pitching pitching better. Thirty-one uh, percent CSW, seventeen percent K minus walk in those three starts before the shoulder. So, um, I think in a twelve, you probably drop him um, just because I don't know what he'll look like after the injury. But in a
1: fifteen, I'm probably holding on. Yeah, that's why I've been real close, because the 12s, it's like, "Eh." so. It's going to happen eventually when I have no one else to drop. He's he's the next one up, basically, is what it's going to come down to. So we'll wait and see. I know it'll come back and burn me, because that's what always happens. Um, Michael Simeone, SP Streamer, said, I feel like Feltner is a good option on the road. Thoughts? We already discussed that. So Ryan's on board there, and Feltner made the bloom board. Uh, 18.1% K to walk, 27.6% CSW. And Do you have anything else to add besides what you mentioned earlier on Feltner?
2: No, not really. I mean, I just widely available. Six percent ro- then six percent rostered in NFPC on a two start road week. like like that's about um as good Pretty as impressive. it gets for for a pitcher. Like like I said, the Minnesota matchup isn't the best, but he had Miami. Um, and yeah, just this the fact that Feltner popped up here with an above average uh, k minus walk over his last five starts on the road, like um i'm 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 not starting him in Coors, but definitely starting him at Minnesota. Uh, if I had the chance to this weekend, so I, I think simeon I would, I would, uh, I would go ahead and put that on the
1: board as your streamer for um, for Sunday. And uh, uh, just for the listeners that wonder, sometimes we pick uh, NFPCOC under fifty percent because if they're under fifty percent in the NFPCOC, your fan, your Yahoo's, your ESPN's, your CBS mm-hmm. definitely going to be below fifty percent. So these guys are going to be widely available in your league, so that's kind of why we use that platform. And you could definitely work off of that when we go through them. Um, Ken White says, I know it is after the fact, but Braxton Garrett was the nuts today. I mentioned him in the discord that I run that I said, use him for $5,400 on DraftKings. You should enjoy it. He went four and two thirds, one earned seven Ks today, which was beautiful because he faced the Rockies and he's shown some signs of life with strikeouts before, had some nice prospect pedigree uh, so far since he's been up 9.8% K to walk. Not great but a 30% um, CSW. So what are you potentially seeing in a Braxton Garrett who might get some run here with uh, Miami? He's definitely going to get some run with, with the Edward Cabrera injury.
2: And since um, that, uh, yeah, it's been up and down. It's kind of been a weird thing. So Garrett made his debut against San Francisco, gave up four runs and then like was banished because his second start was at Houston. And, Garrett went out and threw five and two thirds of scoreless ball with five Ks and and one walk, and then kind of gave it back at the Mets, which is a tough matchup. Didn't even get a strikeout his last start, and then uh, um, and then as our as our listener said, was the nuts today. So um, I would like to see where these numbers kind of go, but uh, after the start today, but a thirty percent CSW is is really fantastic for Braxton Garrett. You 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 combine that with the You know, marginal prospect pedigree like you mentioned Bubba and just the fact that he's going to be I know we're talking a little bit more streaming but I think he's kind of a longer term play just because of the injuries to the Marlins rotation like I think he's going to have a shot and he's going to at least get the get the chance to adjust and settle in in that rotation
1: yeah it's the longer term play kind of like the week and I Ross Stripling, I think is better than Braxton Garrett don't get me wrong but that was why I was more aggressive on Ross Stripman in his two-star week because I figured he'd be a long-term play with Toronto compared to some other streaming options. I agree with you on Braxton Garrett. He should be in that rotation for a while unless it just goes horribly, horribly wrong and they eventually decide to bring Max Meyer up. That's the only way it changes uh, for Braxton Garrett. So I'm, I'm with you on that one. Uh, Steven P at Steve underscore Van uh, says Ober, as in Bailey Ober, who's rostered in 38% of leagues over his last three games, 18.6% K to walk, 27.6 CSW, got shelled by Detroit in his last start. He's made three starts since coming off the IL. And the first two weren't too shabby. He's been pretty good overall this season, but strikeouts have been an up-and-down thing for Mr. Ober. So big name that people loved in the preseason, Ryan. Um, Is it worth buying back in on Mr. Bailey Ober?
2: Um, I I think so. If he can stay healthy, like I think he's back on the IL with a groin strain now, so like probably should have filtered him off. But like that, even the Detroit start with the five runs, like at Detroit, like that is a streamer's dream. Um, and to give up five to Detroit is is rough. But even in that outing, Ober had twelve swinging strikes in eighty six pitches, which is fantastic. Didn't give up a walk. Has not given up more than two walks in any of his seven starts. Uh, this season, so Bailey Ober was 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 a hot guy this preseason by a lot of really smart people. Has been derailed by injury, but um, hopefully this this latest one with the groin, obviously no uh, not arm related, even though everything is kind of connected. If we get positive reports from Ober and that last start at Detroit is still fresh in uh, manager's minds, I, I I I'm not giving up on Bailey Ober at all. So um, I if you have room to stash I know Bailey over is not the ultimate stash you probably have other guys that you're that you're stashing um but if we get news that is you know starting a rehab assignment and start the following week go ahead and pick him up because um
1: the skills are there uh
2: despite the uh despite the disappointment on
1: the surface and he gets to pitch in the wonderful AL central so that's yep. always a plus always yep. a plus Uh, Tucker Season at Cope Money says Hendricks, as in Kyle Hendricks, who is a tilting individual, 40% roster rate, 13.8% K over last month, 27.9% CSW, and it's been bad. Got crushed by Atlanta, that happens, but then good against San Diego, okay against Milwaukee, okay, I guess, at Cincinnati, but no strikeouts in that game. He is just a guy that I have cut bait with. I just can't handle him. It's it's all or nothing in his starts and it's a lot more nothing than alls but maybe I'm missing something Ryan so what are you seeing on Kyle Hendricks
2: No well, that's the thing like I have, I have had Hendricks a bunch over the years and recently it has been like all or nothing with really no and and I know once you start getting in the business of trying to time pitchers it for me it never works out so like gave up 6 runs in his in Hendricks last start against Atlanta one run against San Diego before that uh, seven runs against Arizona back on May 20th. And that outing was after starts of one earned run and zero earned runs. So yeah, like roller coaster, one that I'm not really signing up for, especially when you look at the underlying skills. We all know Hendricks. He just lives on the edge, doesn't have the swing and miss. And if any of that command is even slightly off, it's rough. He gets um, Hendricks gets at St. Louis on Friday, then Cincinnati at home. Um, and then at Milwaukee. So the schedule's okay, but you, you just never know. You never know with Kyle Hendricks, uh,
1: no matter the competition. Hard pass. Hard pass for me. Um, next up, Heath Caps mentions uh, Mr. Mitch White. And at first when he mentioned him, he's like, oh, I hope he goes back from AAA. And then seconds later, he looks like he's coming back from AAA. Uh, he's made three three appearances, three starts in the last month, 18.2% K to walk, pretty darn good, and it's 29.3% CSW, five or more Ks and back-to-back starts at Chicago White Sox against the Pittsburgh Pirates. He's done some great stuff in the minors, pitches for the Dodgers. This seems like a uh, definitely one to go take a chance on, folks. A 2% rostered as well.
2: Yep. Uh, yeah, that's the thing, and obviously that that's going to go up a lot with the news yeah. that um you know that 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 he's back up. I yeah, I appeal to authority with LA pitchers like look at what they did with Tyler Anderson this year. Like it, it's just it's crazy, and the skills Tony Gonsolin, Tony Gonsolin, exactly. Um, if Mitch White can stay in the rotation i mean that's really the biggest thing he's gonna be uh he's gonna be pretty good so we'll see like what he does you know kind of what his role is that news is pretty fresh so he's not at this moment um penciled in for any starts with la but uh if if mitch white has a spot in that rotation that is absolutely someone you want to go after um even in 12 teamers
1: yeah, no, I'm 100% with you on that one. Uh, one that makes me laugh just because I fade him at all costs because he doesn't strike anybody out, but he made the list is Zach Granke because he has his 2.5% yeah. K to walk, but somehow is a 30.5% CSW. And that is just hilarious to me that the, the differences between the two, he comes back from the IL this weekend to face Oakland. It's a good team to start back up yep. with, but um, Man, Ryan, like, I'm not saying go and add him anywhere, anybody, but that one just stood out like, wow, that's impressive.
2: No, yeah. And, like, when you're when you're streaming pitchers, at least in my kind of general, like, outlook on it, when you're looking for guys in waivers, it's like, even if they have a bad game, you kind of want someone who can at least miss bats and get some strikeouts. And, like, so even if the ratios aren't there, you at least get some Ks yeah that's not gonna happen with Granky. like yeah the matchup is good with Oakland on Friday then then Texas uh later on next week but then he goes to Houston the following week like it's 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 a it's a hard pass for me I, I love how he's still how Greinke's still hanging around heck of a career but not gonna do much for your squad right now
1: it's, it's almost time to call the day big guy but uh More power to like you said. It is
2: impressive to have a. um, So on this board, there's I color code it so like red is bad, green is good. That like dark red, two and a half percent strikeout minus walk next to a pretty green thirty percent uh called swinging strike rate i'm guessing most of those are the called strike variety because he does not miss many bats As, that's
1: what i'm thinking is like does he just groove in the first pitch the guys take and he just gets all those called strikes like that that's kind of where i'm leaning with that one um your boy bo bo brisky uh 15 k to walk 25.1 csw a little below what your ideal situation is but still not too shabby he had two steps this week i believe and i know you were uh, picking him up an al tout, i believe or labor uh, yep first start in boston not ideal but uh okay he's been pretty good though so what's your take on brisky
2: so the thing on brisky like and so this is we talked about the Kira guy <laughs> earlier like i cannot this is bo brisky like i cannot yep, think Brewski. of I can I I don't think it's pronounced that way, but I cannot see this name and not think of like him having two beers in the dugout, and I just see Bo Brewski. <laughs> um, and it was bad. Like my Fab article on it was on Father's Day, so I had to do a dad joke. It was something like pick up a couple brewskis or something. It was,
1: <laughs> it was really really poor. Uh, I res I respect it. I respect it.
2: <laughs> it's all about the effort. Um. Yeah. The actual like, so talking about Brewski's like actual skills, such a weird uh, path lately because he was kind of written off, had a, in May, he had a 588 ERA and his first couple starts in June were at Yankees, at home against Toronto, at home against Texas, at Boston, at Yankees, he gave up two runs, struck out seven. Toronto, five and two thirds shutout innings, Texas shutout. Um, over seven innings with six Ks. Like he's kind of turned this around against pretty good competition, which is interesting to me because I think most people just kind of totally wrote off brewski. Um, you see, you see that year to day DRA and it's just it's brutal. And I don't, he still might not recover from it. Uh, but you take in the recent success. There's been a little bit of a pitch mix change. He's faded his uh, four-seam fastball for more sinkers and breaking balls. So anytime you get kind of a change in skill like that, um, and it's and it's correlated to a pitch mix change, I am interested. He gets at Arizona. And then he gets versus Kansas City, his next two starts. So like, Brewski is somebody, and Detroit's starting to kind of hit again thanks to Javi yeah. Baez, I Thank guess. Thank you, Hop. God you know,
1: makes me happy finally.
2: So like, maybe a chance for wins at Arizona and against Kansas City. Um, but yeah, Brewski, someone who I picked up in town. I'll, uh, I did not pick him up in fifteen team mix. Just I, I want to see a little bit more. Let's see how he looks at Arizona. But someone who, yeah, is pitching better than you think lately, and it's backed up by a pitch mix
1: um anybody else that stands out to you like aaron savalli's one start great numbers k to walk oh. in uh, the csw rich hill's been serviceable uh, of late which is surprising i just doesn't go deep enough to eat concerns me went five in his last start on tuesday and got the job done there elias hernandez's the stats are great he uh, is in the minor leagues i believe last i checked so love we'll to keep an eye on him but uh, what else stands out to you here
2: Um, yeah, Hernandez. So that's where you want to, and you, you hit on like kind of all these with like context. So like Savali on the board is dark green, both, both strikeout minus walk and CSW, but he's had just one start. So like, we'll see what, we'll see what Sunday looks like. Um, Rich Hill is someone who, who is, is very interesting to me. So he made the board has been pitching a lot better lately. Rich Hill is 20% rostered in your 12-teamers. So not going to get you like a ton of Ks, but pitching on a good team, he goes at Cleveland, and then next week it's at uh, Wrigley, and then they host uh, the Yankees after that. But Rich Hill over his last, I think it's his last five games as I pull it up, has been strikeouts are, let's see, 27 Ks. To seven walks over his last six starts 480 era but the expected era is right around four so like Richel isn't going to get you a ton of k's but i think the ratios are going to be there and i think he's got a pretty good chance at a win um and he's someone who definitely popped up with with pretty green cells on this board a 16 percent k to walk and a 31 percent csw over his last seven starts which is um which is pretty good for me
1: pretty pretty good if you guys want to check out the rest of the board we hit most of them but you want to check them out check out ryan on twitter at Ryan BHQ got a couple of questions before we head on out on the episode. Our buddy Joe G asks, what do you think about Urquidy after the Yankees on Sunday? Of course, we don't want to play him against the Yankees, but man, Urquidy is a guy that, you know, I had some optimism for coming into the season and there's been reports of a pitch change, and people are happy about that. And that seems to not have done what I thought it would do either. But uh, he was good in his last start against the Mets. But other than that, he's, like, either strikeouts are down or he gives up a ton of runs or both in some games. So he's been a real tricky one. What are your thoughts on Jose Urquidy?
2: Yeah, he's been really tricky. I I don't know. He's just kind of, like, blah to me. Um, 5.04 expected ERA over his last five starts. Like, just very vanilla, very average. I want to buy in because it's Houston. And I, you know, I get him confused with Christian Javier sometimes, and like Javier is a lot better than Jose Arquidi is. Um, but I, I'm not that optimistic, even with like pitch exchanges and stuff like that. There's just not enough. There's not enough swing and miss, really. Um, I mean, that's the biggest thing. Is a 17% K rate, 18% over the last month. Like, so, so it's not really getting better. He's just kind of not walking people and pitching to contact, which, as we've seen. In recent weeks, you know, a good strategy in April, but not so much uh, in
1: May and June. Yeah, things have changed quite a bit there. So I'm with you on that one. Uh, The stringer, he asks, I'm just, he said instead of the list from the board, he says, I'm just grabbing guys like Soroka off the IEL and hoping to hang on until they get back. I'm still not, I'm worried about Soroka still. Maybe I'm crazy for that one, but uh, just real quick, do you have interest in stashing a guy like Mike Soroka?
2: Not not really like there's I mean Soroka himself like I mean two tears in his Achilles like I I'm I am rooting for him uh like no other like I hope I hope it works out for him but there's just a ton of risk there the thing I um the thing I really took away from this comment was more just like instead of wading into this pool with certain guys is you know you're not you're not you're not taking a zero and like starting Soroka or somebody but like a lot of times the better option is a setup guy, a high leverage guy who's just going to pitch two innings, um, maybe fall into a win every three weeks or whatever, get a few Ks, and not blow up your ratios. Like I actually had this decision didn't totally work out for me early in the year, where I had a decision of like Trevor Rogers, Chad Cool, when they were both not pitching well for my last pitcher spot. Or Andrew Kittredge, who was on the IL, but coming back like on on a Friday for the week. And I actually went with Kittredge just because he was not going to blow up my ratios uh, because he wasn't pitching, but he might fall into a save or something later on. Um, And I know, like a shout out to Todd Zola at Rotowire, he does uh, pitching rankings every week for Rotowire, but not only starting pitcher rankings, but he will put in like cutoffs for a 12-team reliever and a 15-team reliever. Like I think that's really smart. At a certain point, you just kind of take that middle reliever for the week. Maybe get a couple good innings and maybe fall into a win in a few Ks, as opposed to trying to time um, some of these starters who are just who are just blowing up your ratios right now. So um, it was a really interesting uh, comment from Stinger. I, I, you know, the Soroka thing, but more just that kind of from a strategy standpoint. At what point are you kind of foregoing the starting pitchers and just and just going for, for good ratios in a
1: couple innings. Yeah, I'm, I'm always on board with taking the the middle reliever type options, late late inning arms. I'm always a fan of that because especially as the season gets on, it's just going to get worse. So enjoy it and get those ratios and those strikeouts and hopefully a win, like you said, or on the right team might run into a save. Like you never know. Yeah, so just exactly. uh, see how it works out there. Uh, Nate Curtis asks, thoughts on Kevin Gosman. Is this a rough patch or just a blip? Last start was better, much better. It's been a hiccup. He's been complaining the last few starts about the slipperiness of the baseball really badly. He's really been angry about it. And some guys have I can't remember which game it was, but I don't know if you saw it. The pitcher literally threw like six balls back to the dugout. i yeah. um, put throw him a new ball I yeah, guy's new like ball. No, I think it was I, it Lorenzen. I it, it was uh, someone in Anaheim, you're right. Yeah, it was and it was just like these pitchers are finally speaking up. They're like, This is ridiculous. Give me a baseball that I can actually like throw because this is just dumb. So, what are your thoughts on Gosman? Because I still think, especially this last start, made me feel better about him. But uh, it's also the the thing like Nick Pollock and smart guys always say: a guy that relies so heavily on the splitter, if he can't control a splitter, it is bad news bears. And that's when it's a slippery baseball, that's going to affect that in a big way. You,
2: you totally nailed it. Like the splitter is, it's such a live and die pitch, and we saw how Gosman can die when the splitter's not working with him. Basically, his entire Baltimore career. You leave that thing up. And it's it's brutal. Um, I, I see that also with the changeup. like that. I keep talking about Trevor Rogers, but like that's been the big thing. Rogers has lost his changeup command. Same kind of thing. Like that pitch kind of lives bottom of the zone and then kind of dips out at the end. If that doesn't dip out of the zone, it is very hittable. So like Gossman's always been a little bit prone to that when he does not have feel for the splitter the thing is like he's had feel for the splitter for the last two years and it's worked out really good. Um, so I'm not that concerned about Gossman. Like you said, Bubba, the last start was, was fantastic. 19 whiffs, um, at, at the white Sox. So like, I think it is more just like kind of lost feel for it. Didn't have, you know, the right baseball, that sort of thing. And it'll be okay. The interesting thing with the baseball is this came out this week is that they are now who knows, uh you know what how much you can trust what major league baseball says but major league baseball is now standardizing how clubhouse attendance muddy the baseballs i don't know how in, how enforceable that is but the policy came out and i believe was implemented on wednesday of this week so that is something i am keeping and will probably maybe do a show on this in a few weeks i am keeping um june i think 21st 22nd uh, in my head is a split date to see kind of that'll that'll be fun what performances changed before june 22nd what mm. changed after uh just something to kind of tuck away with that That'd but Gosman specifically not worried
1: yeah. um oregon ducks to ducks with a x asks what is going on with gilito he was supposed to be my ace in my seven by seven league he's unusable right now he's given up Seven, I believe the seven. I just counted. No. Uh nine home runs in his last five starts, two home runs in four of his last five starts, fifteen runs in his last two starts. Oh. Strikeouts haven't even been there. Um, I saw you just mentioned Rogers in the changeup. I've seen stats about Gilito's changeup that has not been ideal. Um, and I love G I and it's one of those I saw like Eno Saris and certain guys talking about. It. I wasn't personally fading Gilito because I do believe in Gilito. I just somehow didn't fall on him in drafts because of the way I was drafting. I have a couple shares, but I also drafted a ton of drafts. But this one's baffling to me. I thought he would be much better than this. Like, what are you seeing with Lucas Gilito?
2: It's kind of the same. So I believe I was listening to a podcast with um, um with the with the Welsh earlier this week and he was saying that it's the it's looks like it's the changeup. It's command of the changeup. So I mentioned the Trevor Rogers example just a couple minutes ago with Gossman. I think it's the same kind of thing with Giolito in in that he's lost command, lost feel for that that changeup, which the changeup then also plays off of the fastball, which has not been there either for for Giolito as well. So like he's still missing bats at least. Like a 14% swinging strike is is, is really good uh, for Lucas Giolito. Uh, but the 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 walks have been a killer, nine percent walk rate, and yeah, I the velocity's down a mile an hour. Um, I wonder if there's some kind of hidden injury. I I I am worried with uh with Giolito. There's just you know, even though the whiffs are there, that combination of lower velocity and where things are trending, like you mentioned, 15 earned runs the last two. I know that's at Houston and and against Toronto, like two really tough lineups, but um uh, that's brutal so to go back to the original question seven by seven league that's that's a lot of a lot of categories i don't know what the categories are but if whiffs are one maybe julito is going to be
1: okay but um I, I i'm worried yeah i'm worried i'm worried for sure i forgot to mention it but bretsky asked about bo brisky but we got that figured out and i'm looking forward to julito i don't know if you listen to it or not but i've talked about it on some other show somewhere um, the Chris Rose rotation on uh, John Boy, I like a lot because he has players on and they're very insightful and, and talkative. And G-Lito is one of the regulars. And he's been very open and honest about things, about sticky stuff and about like mm-hmm. that bad start in Boston last year. So I'm very intrigued on what he has to say about what's taking place. Of late, I don't know when he's he's got to be up pretty soon. But I'm really curious about that because like Miguel Rojas was on today on Thursday, and he talked a ton about that locker room meeting that uh, all the reports came out about jazz and stuff he went deep into that so it's it's really interesting to hear some of the players talks so i'm looking forward to geo on that one last question we have and i saved it for last for a very good reason because it's not really baseball related and it's a great way to wrap things up and that's from mr corbin young on twitter he says what is your favorite summer beverage and which one of okay and there is a baseball question here and which one of those pitchers has the most sustainable skills so looking at your bloom board which one of those pitchers do you think has the most sustainable skills? And then we'll talk beverages.
2: Um, I will go, if if he can stay in the rotation, I'll go Mr. Mitchell White with the most sustainable yeah. skills going forward. Uh, very like much rotation goal. dependent, but uh, that's, who, that's who my pick would be.
1: I like that a lot. Um, so then the fun part of this, to wrap up our episode as always, what is your favorite summer beverage? I know you're a beer fan. I am a beer fan. I can't drink beer like I used to because of allergies. But what is your favorite summer beverage?
2: Well, I, I know what yours is because you're, you're starting to get me into them. Uh, yes. I'll, it's I'll, a
1: warm day. They're refreshing as all get up right
2: you want you want the warm day i am a big i'm a i'm a i'm a i'm a big beer fan a big ipa guy and those aren't aren't exactly like you could have some hazies during the summer and it's it's fine um you could have any beer yeah, refreshing might
1: not be the word that's a good point they're more yeah
2: but when i think uh summer beverage i'm going i'm going margarita i'm going margs i've got a i've got a, a checkered past with with tequila but Older now, more mature, a little more wise than in my younger days. So we've uh, we've gotten over that. I just think we've got a nice little front porch at our house, and we've got we've uh, got the two kids, a three year old, a one year old, let them run around. We just fenced in the front yard, well, so just sit on that front porch, throw back a couple margs, put a game on, watch the kids run around. Like that's that's the perfect summer day for me. So I'll go I'll go margarita in the summertime
1: that uh, sounds awesome and uh to, to second something on there for you for anybody that enjoyed their college time i think we've all had a shared past with tequila I'm just gonna throw that out there real quick cool. <laughs> and then uh, tequila usually wins um for me and you, wins. yeah and for me and you know what I'm gonna pick like you said and it's i love them on a warm day on a golf course um i when i barbecue i'll sit out back and watch the flames give me a high noon I absolutely love them. They are refreshing as all heck. A nice cold one on a warm day, they're awesome. Um, you can put. I have friends that put them on ice. If you really want to be uh, sophisticated, you don't need to though. Um, the question is probably then, what flavor do you like? Um, grapefruit's my favorite, but there are some really good ones in these new variety packs that have come out. Um, that that uh, they have like the, I think it's the the swim pack or something. Uh, the fish John Fish will be the guy to ask on this one, but. Um, yeah yes there are some great new flavors out there some tropical flavors and they're not like super fruity fruity tropical that like turns you off on them. it's like i'm not a pineapple fan but the pineapple high noon's is amazing i love it it's absolutely great so just throwing it out there i, I think high noons are very very good and they're uh, gluten-free that's why i like to drink them and they're made with real fruit so there's an expiration date on them which is a, a rare thing for a, a beverage like that so uh, go get yourself a high noon what i will say though if i had to pick a beer because i want to hear what your beer would be because i know you like your beers if i have to pick an ipa and i like hazies i think those are that was a good call but my favorite ipa blind pig blind oh, pig from russian river russian it's river. amazing it's amazing i it drink it and i'll still away. i'll still drink it i'll still drink it like i had one the other day and like, i'm like i'm gonna just roll the dice on my allergy showing up or not because it's not every time and i'm like i'm having a blind pig it's on tap so um what is your beer of choice you guys are you guys are spoiled with russian river that's hard to find up
2: here actually high noons are pretty hard to find up here I did. yeah
1: those are becoming more available now but like i even went to the store on monday and i wanted to load up um for my fridge and all the variety packs were out and i'm like oh, so I'm and that, but that's weekend. the key
2: because yeah like so i'm just starting to like i said you're you're getting me into this not just high noons, but like just the spiked seltzer thing because yep. like you said kind of Uh, I mean, not healthier, but like 100 calories, one or two grams of carbs, that sort of thing. Um, I can't do like the six pack of all the same flavor. I need that. um, I need that mix. So I have to get the 12 at least and, and, and switch it up a little bit. So, um, but no, that's that, that, that category in general for this summer is something I'll be, um, yeah. I'll be partaking in. I'm going to go, I mean, for my beer, I talked about Hazy's I'm going to go uh, Deschutes Fresh Haze IPA. So Deschutes I know has kind of gone, gone pretty big lately, but they're based out of Bend, Oregon. Uh, fantastic town to visit uh they do get brewery tours there fantastic beer uh the fresh haze ipa on a summer day is is fantastic so i'll go with uh
1: i'll go with the shoots yeah i love a good hazy when i was drinking a lot of beers i was during the summer times before i knew what a high noon was Hazy's were my go-to i'm 100 <laughs> yeah. percent on board with you there i love yeah. a good hazy so no well, I, disagreement there
2: i'm fired up man i'm playing golf saturday morning and so um temperatures in oregon this weekend are mid-90s which is pretty rare for up here so um it's it's going to be probably a a weekend yep weekend of (laughs) golf
1: nooners and and maybe some marks yeah the um the the weather here starting this past monday through like next wednesday has been mid-90s to like low 100s and uh, i have a one-year-old birthday party we're going to on saturday and the person throwing the party is a noon fan, so I'd be, I'm i going to have a good time. That's yeah. all I, I know I'm going to be having a good time. That's just the way it's going to go. So hope you enjoy your weekend, my friend. Um, everybody, make sure you, uh, you check out Ryan on the old Twitter there, at B H Q, and his work over there at BaseballHQ.com. I'm on Twitter at BDentric, And as always, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back with you guys next week. But this was Bub in the Bloom, Episode 12. Catch you guys later.